Hi, I'm Todd Kukon. And I'm Aaron J. Marks. I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. And I'm on a mission to revolutionize company culture and leadership. And it's our pleasure to welcome you to the Crushing Company Culture Podcast. We know you'll enjoy our conversations. We'll be talking about purpose, communication, strategic planning, leadership, action, strategy, all the great things that can impact your company culture. So here we go. Let, let's join the conversation. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, welcome to the, the Crushing Company Culture Podcast. Hey, great to be back on another episode. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Um, we, I'm not sure what order these are going to be released, but, uh, but today Todd is the star of the show and I get to be the interview guy. <laughs> so you're just going to pay me back for all the questions I ask you when that one comes out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, right, what, right. what goes around comes around. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should have known better. Yeah. But Hey, you know, um, today we get to hear Todd's story. So I don't know how far back we want to go. Um, I mean, is there anything you want to talk, say about your childhood or your upbringing? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born at Madison General Hospital on the corner of Park and Regent Street okay. in Madison. Um, and now here I am. <laughs> yeah, okay. So maybe maybe we'll go back and fill in a little bit of, uh, of detail. <laughs> so, okay, I mean, let me let me like kind of make a starting point i mean i and we we talked about this on the first episode at least when i when i met you you were the executive director of the portage, portage county business council which is a chamber of commerce for portage county and and now you're not and you haven't been for about a year because of a a, a transition that you sort of you said knew was coming or you knew you knew it was coming right i i felt it was coming yeah you felt it was coming okay knowing versus feeling <laughs> is that what you're saying yeah i didn't know for sure but i had a pretty good feeling that it was gonna i mean obviously there was a point where i flipped the switch and made the decision yeah right right yeah so how did you um how did you end up uh directing the portage county business council do you want to tell the story about that a little bit Sure. I was with uh, uh, Pacelli Catholic Schools at the time. I was I was president of the Pacelli Catholic Schools in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Okay. And um, there was uh, I, I knew the I knew the uh, executive director of the Portage County Business Council, uh, Lori Danlinger. Hmm. And also when I was when I was on the uh, when I was president of the Catholic Schools, I noticed, and I don't remember exactly how I learned of this, but that the public schools had a seat on the board of directors for the business council mm. and the Catholic schools didn't. Mm. So I, okay. I knew one of the board members pretty well, uh, daughters had played basketball together and I, and knew. And, uh, so I talked to him about that. So he brought it forward to the business council and they ended up changing their, their bylaws to allow the Catholic schools to have a, a seat at the table okay. for the, uh, for the board. So I got on the board, uh, and I was on the board for about a year and, um, I met with Lori, I think it was on a Friday, just kind of a random lunch thing that I hadn't seen her in a while. And, you know, I wanted to learn more about the business council and her and kind of see what was going on. And Monday, I got an email because I was on the board that Lori was stepping down as the um, the director. Mm -hmm. and it was her choice. She was stepping down and uh, they were looking for an interim. Huh. And I knew just about enough at 
but just enough about it to be, you know, kind of dangerous. <laughs> um, and I thought, you know, this is again, a little risky being jumping into an interim role. Yeah. But uh, so I, so I interviewed, I think there were two or three other people, two internal and one of their external candidates that interviewed and they offered me the position. Didn't really like go through a formal interview process with a resume and all that. Yeah. And then, so that was, that I started in May of whatever year that was 2016 or 17 Okay. And then that fall, they ended up offering me the position on a full-time, a full-time basis. Huh. So they, you know, they were preparing to search and then they, I did a good enough job to, um, for them to say, Hey, it's, it's, it's yours. So take it over. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, no, I have a, I have a couple of questions there. So you said that the public schools had a, you said a seat on, was it on the board? Did you say, or. Yeah. So, a... so on the board of directors, there are a number okay. of, a number of positions that are ex officio or by their position. Okay. So the mayor always had a seat and mm. county executive and oh, okay. village administrator, the public schools, mm -hmm. uh, convention visitors bureau. There were some economic development related businesses that, that had a seat and the schools was one. And yeah. at that point, the, the Catholic schools didn't. Okay. Okay. And then the bylaws are changed and right now, now it is right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so Lori, and how long had she known you before she invited you to apply for the interim position? Well, she, she didn't invite me to apply. Oh, okay. It, okay. it was the board of directors because Lori was the executive director who stepped, who stepped down. Yeah. Um, um, but I, Lori, I, I knew just for maybe a year or two, just through being on the board. I didn't know her that, nor that well. Okay. Um, but but they invited you. They saw something in you. Um, I guess, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they talked to four of us, and they said I was the one. So I, I'm not exactly. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a real intensive. It was like a half hour conversation with four of the executive committee members, and their their okay. purpose was just to bring somebody in on an interim basis. That was, yeah. their, you know, that was their goal while they started up a search process. And yeah, as they started it up, you know, they saw some of the things that were going on, some of the changes I made, and. Um, decided that, you know, I was, I was the right one for the position. Okay. Well, I, and that speaks very highly of you. Um, well, that was, yeah, I, it's a great, great affirmation. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, and did that feel like a, you know, a major opportunity for you at the time? Yeah, it, it was for a number of reasons, you know, first of all, uh, jumping into the interim role again is, is, you know, that's, that's a, there's some risk involved in that. Yeah. Not having a background really in, in pure economic development, um, I did have a background, obviously, with the schools. We had, you know, we recruited students and we had donors. I'd done a lot of the nonprofit world with with donors, which is a kind of membership, so to speak, a little yeah. different than a chamber membership, but same. So, you know, I've had to work with a lot of different customers and and try to serve them and and meet the goals of the organization. So I think I think that's where they saw. I'd been in the community at that point. I guess I'd been in the community fifty. I don't know, 13, 14 years. So I'd been around a little while. Yeah. And obviously they also saw me as a board member and I was engaged at all the board meetings. And, uh, you know, I, I always presented a little something about the Catholic schools and what we were trying to, we had done, we had, when I was at the Catholic schools, we added a, um, a STEM program, science, technology, engineering, and math program that we brought in yeah. through, a, through a national organization. Obviously that relates to talent and workforce. So I did some things like that. So there were some, some hints of, of, of my ability to do that job. 
Yeah, sure, sure. Can you um like how would you quickly or briefly sum up economic development and what are what are some things that you found challenging about working in that field? Well, it's 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 amazing because it just it touches everything. Yeah. I mean, it really it touches from the person thinking about a business to in our community, Century Insurance, you know, employs a couple thousand people. Yeah, uh, it involves visitors because your visitors, you hope, may be interested in coming back to your community to work, and it it impacts the government and education because you, your workforce is your 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 students, whether it's at the public schools, the private schools, the university, the technical college. So it just there 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 are fingers in it in in, in every every component of of any community. Uh, when I was there at the beginning of my tenure, a lot of the focus was on trying to bring in that that big business, that big guerrilla business, you know, that'll change your community. You know, I, I wouldn't say like an Amazon, but I would say a bigger, you know, several hundred, you know, 500 to 5,000 employee business. Yeah. Um, at the end, of course, that shifted dramatically because we were in, in COVID and, and now we know that talent is the, is the biggest challenge. And that's where a lot of the energy has shifted in the, in the chamber and economic development world. Okay. Yeah. Listening to you talk about that, I, you know, I think about the economy sometimes and it's like, well, you know, the economy is just another word for everyone, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know and, and it's like, you know, sometimes you and I talk about how it's hard to know where like a small business ends and a, you know, a major corporation begins. And, you know, I feel like, uh, yeah, talking about an economy, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't, I don't know what you're really saying, you know, other than, you know, the collective efforts of everyone running a community together, you know? So. Yeah. And it was, it was, uh, one of the, one of the, um, I don't want to say bright spots because I think there were a lot of them, but one of, one of the things yeah. that I guess I'm proudest of was, um, bringing, um, cobblestone hotel to town. Okay. Uh, I, I started the effort. It wasn't me alone. I, yeah. I, I've never done anything in my life by myself, Yeah. but, um, I saw online, I think it was on LinkedIn, I saw that they were either breaking ground or ribbon, doing a ribbon cutting at a cobblestone in Chippewa Falls. Mm. And I said, why that? If they can do it in Chippewa Falls, <laughs> why can't we do it here? And we really, we really needed, a, I thought, a downtown downtown hotel. So I reached out to uh, Brian Morganese, the president, CEO. Mm. He got back to me, invited him to town. And then uh, Andrew Helverson, who was on our board uh, and with uh, Ellis Construction and the former mayor, uh, I contacted him and the two of us met with Brian and his son yeah. Had a really nice lunch downtown, toured him around. And then one thing led to another and obviously connected him with the city with, with Mike Wiesa. And I think uh, Michael Ostrowski at that point was in the community development chair. And then it went from there. And what was really rewarding was um, there, there's two different ways the whole, that hotel comes into a community. One way is investors will bring it in or they will choose to franchise a hotel there. Yeah, right. So in this case, they chose to franchise a hotel. Well, he always gave a, a silver shovel at all the groundbreaking. So we did a groundbreaking there and there was a silver shovel and several gold shovels. And then Brian started talking and he said, you know, typically we give a, a silver shovel to our investors, but this hotel was brought in through a franchise and we want to give this silver shovel to Todd. Because Todd was the one that started this whole process. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, just it, it was, it was kind of a cool feeling. You know, it was, 
I don't want to equate it with an Emmy or anything like that, but <laughs> I guess I guess in its own way in it's our a, community, maybe an economic just, development Emmy. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, but it, it was just a really neat gesture on his part, and yeah. and that's the kind of person he was. Yeah. You know, and and I would ask him about how his son was doing, and and so anyway, it was it was, a, it was a really neat. The whole story was pretty cool. When when I hear you tell that story, I I hear you talking about these superpowers that I see in you, you know, which is just this ability to not be intimidated by people and approach them and just look for win wins and, uh, you know, ways to move forward that have benefit on many 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 levels and and you know just to get to know people so well, and you know just have a really easy but authentic relationship with them in in the process. So that's that's what I hear popping out like up yeah, over and, and over in that story <laughs> yeah and, and it take you know it, it's taken me a long time because i'm closer to 100 than zero as you heard me say <laughs> get to that point where i'm just going to reach out to brian yeah and he says no get lost then what, what have i lost right yeah but if there's any inkling of interest there you know then take him down that road and, and try to build in more relationships so you're saying that that wasn't always so easy for you, you know, picking up the phone and calling someone like that? No. Okay. <laughs> Which is really hard to imagine because, um, well, I wasn't teaching right out of right out of college, and then I did a lot of fundraising. And when you're in fundraising, you got to be able to pick up the phone. So it was, it, but it was not, it was not an easy thing to for me to do. Yeah. When and how did you really get better at that? Would you say? I don't know that there was um, there was a magical moment, but there's a, a moment that I remember actually kind of in reverse. When I was at United Way of Dane County, we were getting down to the end of the campaign and our largest donor had yet, had not yet made his commitment. Mm -hmm. and he had been giving us $50,000 a year. Uh -huh. And I had reached out to him and and we hadn't heard. And it was like, it was kind of like D-Day was or D week, maybe let me say it that way. And so I was building up the courage to call him. And strangely enough, during that week, the phone rang and it was him, Lauren, I'll use his first name, Lauren. Okay. And he called and he said, um, Oh, by the way, Todd, I'm going to give a hundred thousand dollars this year instead of 50,000. <laughs> and, okay. you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> Oh, sure. No problem. You know, I mean, like, how do you, <laughs> So obviously very grateful ran down yeah. to my boss's office of course she was crazy excited about about that but what it but again that was kind of in reverse right that was on me asking him it was him telling me but it's it, what it what it it helped me think differently like yeah i wonder how many other people out there are willing to double their gift from fifty dollars to a hundred dollars or from a hundred to two hundred or five hundred you know and if you don't, if you don't make the contact, you'll never find out. And what have you got to lose? Because the worst that could have happened was he would have given us fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, bad either. By the way, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So kind of a backwards lesson, but it was a lesson nonetheless. Interesting. Yeah. So I feel like, and I mentioned this on the last episode, it, it was like when I came to the PCBC, the Portage County Business Council, I, I felt like you know, the culture was sort of synonymous with your leadership. And, uh, you know, I heard, I mean, I think it was on the other podcast that you were involved with, um, Profile Central Wisconsin. Um, I, I think there was an episode that focused on you and your transition, and you were talking about some of the cultural changes that you made there. Um, you know, when you came in, it was a certain way, and, you know, you sort of shifted it to be another way. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, you are. I, I and, and I, you know, I, I don't, 
I'm sharing this more and more because I realize that other people have been in a situation where I've been fired four times in my throughout my career. I've had I've had 15 or 16 different jobs. So okay. only 25% of the time have I been fired. But <laughs> but yeah. um and and in those in those situations, they were all focused around culture. It wasn't it wasn't performance. It was all around around culture and relationships. Um, now it wasn't expressed that way, of course, but hmm. and actually all those organizations, except probably one being the Girl Scouts, I haven't had much, much uh, contact with, although there's a couple individuals that I, that I do, but that, so I, I've, I've had lessons in, in culture, good and bad. And uh, when I went to the Catholic schools, the culture needed a shift there. Mm-hmm. And I really, I did a lot of outreach within the schools. I'd travel around the schools and hang out with the teachers and high five the students and try to create that, that sort of culture. Yeah. Then when I got to the business council, um, initially it, it was a it was a fairly rigid culture, particularly for having six employees. Mm. So I started loosening the reins a little bit on that, and we had some transition as well. And you know, someone wanted to leave at four fifteen instead of four thirty to go to their son's football game. It's like just go. You don't yeah. don't, don't report fifteen minutes of, of <laughs> vacation time or whatever. Yeah. Just just go and do it, and you got to. You know, because I know, I know they all worked longer than they needed to or should. So to give them a little reward, that was, I mean, that that was just, that was one example. We also did, um, uh, we did volunteering every, I guess it was maybe six weeks until COVID hit. We did, um, half of us would go and volunteer in the morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did everything from paint to pull weeds to, you know, clean and sort and, and, uh, helped with different United way things. And then while we were out, the other three would be, would prepare a lunch and they'd have different themes and they would decorate the office, mm-hmm. you know, with those different, we'd have a beach theme or whatever the theme was. So yeah. then we'd come back, whoever came back from doing the work, we'd sit down and we had this, you know, kind of nice lunch as a staff. And then we would talk about what we did and kind of what impact that was on, on us. So, you know, just a lot of, a lot of good came out of it. And we would, we would post pictures too, that we were out in the community volunteering. So people would see that, you know, we're engaged. We're not just there to, with our hands out for membership. So yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was, I think that was another thing that really helped, helped with the culture too. Okay. Well, it was definitely a strong culture when I came into it, you know, and I, I came in kind of toward the end of your, um, your directorship there. I'm, I'm curious. Um, and I, I don't know, we can edit this out if it's, you know, like a sore topic, but you said you've been fired four times. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And they were all like culture and values issues. You said, is that right? Yeah. Is I as I, um, in, in one situation and I don't, I, I don't want to go into the specifics of the, of the organization because some, yeah. some people will know. Uh-huh. One was I actually, uh, I actually turned in my my uh, supervisor because mm. that person was doing something not appropriate. Okay. I would say borderline illegal and how yeah. they were using some funds. Okay. And and that person got me before that person was gotten, so to speak. So, you know, there was something, they actually did something and, and the culture that they presented was not positive either. So that, So yeah. that was... That was one of them. Another okay. one was an organization that I went into. And um, again, it was a supervisor situation. Myself and two of the vice presidents went to the board of directors, which is a risky thing to do. Mm-hmm. 
And we had some complaints about our supervisor, the, the, the leader of the organization and the culture that person was, was creating mm-hmm. amongst the, the hundred or so employees. And, and the person got fired and then they brought in a new one. Well, the, the board, the board chair was uh, friends with that president. And I was kind of on the radar screen to, to, you know, as, as, mm. a, as a not good person. So oh, okay. that was, that was one of them. So there, you know, there were, there were those kinds of, of situations where, um, you know, it was related, related to culture and yeah. uh, in the, in the long run it, you know, I mean, in the short term it was horrible because two times I was out of a job for six months. Yeah. So I even, I even delivered USA Today newspapers during one of those stints just to something that while I was searching for, for a job and, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty humbling when you're in your fifties and, have a master's degree and you're, you're delivering USA Today newspapers, but you do what you have to do to bring yeah. in some money. Yeah. Fortunately, my wife was working and yeah. we had some savings that we had to eat into, but yeah, it was, it was challenging, but, but learning mm. and looking back on it, I don't, I don't think I would have done things any differently. Yeah. I, you know, that helps me to, I don't know, reframe the concept of being fired a little bit in my mind, you know, where it's like, oh, sometimes people can be fired for having integrity is kind of what you're saying, right? Because mm-hmm. usually we think of it as the other way around. Right. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, some like character I've done flaw. something illegal or immoral and, you know, yeah. they got rid of me and that that wasn't the case. Right. You know, so I, I think maybe that's that's one thing I'm taking away from here is like if, you know, you know, someone describes their firing it's like it's not necessarily their flaw you know that that led to that you know yeah and i'll um, when i when i speak now and i talk about that i'll, I'll ask people I'll, I'll sometimes i'll start out my presentation i'll say how many of you have been fired mm, there mm-hmm. are a lot of hands that go up in a room i i i would say you know at least maybe maybe half at least a third if not a half you know yeah Sometimes more go up in a room. Then I say, okay, how many have been fired twice? And a few drop. And and every time there's been at least one other person who's been fired four times. <laughs> and then I go into, you know, then I go in to talk about kind of the situations. And Do you I go and give them a like a pin, like a membership? I should. Pin? I should have <laughs> an FFT pin, fired four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then I'll go in and talk about culture and and how that wraps wraps into what I, you know, kind of what my story was. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I was here, it's like part of your little mission here is like, you know, destigmatizing being fired, right? Yeah. And, and, and standing up as an employee for, um, well, like this, when we were on at the mission coffee uh, networking event this morning, yeah, it just dawned on me that really what I'm trying to do is, is turn Mondays into a Friday. Yeah. Right. 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 Where people look forward to actually going into work on Monday yes. and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that was a great little turn of phrase. And uh, I, I, yeah, people responded to that. I remember. Um, yeah. Pos- yeah. Positively. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was my market test. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's definitely something to it. Um, now a word from our sponsors. I'm on a mission to revolutionize company culture and leadership. My name is Todd Kukan. Let me spell it out for you. T-O-D-D-K-U-C-K-K- a-H-N. My website is ToddKukan.com and you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, a lot of other social medias. I look forward to hearing from you. But I really believe in, in giving and not getting, adding more value to others than I receive through my faith, right? My foundational values, optimism, trust, 
honesty, enthusiasm, and teamwork. And you'll learn that quickly when you start working with me. I developed a five-step roadmap for a mind shift. I love talking about core values, your wheel of life, how differences make us better, your comfort zone, and team leadership culture. My passion for leadership and growth earned me an independent speaker, coach, teacher, and trainer certification with the Maxwell Leadership Certified Team. I've done countless presentations, workshops, seminars across the world, actually. I'm also a DISC certified consultant. I write for numerous publications, including an international publication. And I've been certified as a DEI trainer, diversity, equity, and inclusion through Empowered Living. I really want to learn more about you and the challenges that you're facing in, my, in your business. So please feel free to reach out to me. Hi, this is Aaron J. Marks of AaronJMarks.com. That's Aaron with two A's and Marks spelled like Groucho or Carl, although I'm not related to either. I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. To my knowledge, I'm the only one in the world to have claimed that title, and those who know me well tell me they couldn't imagine one that fits me better. Here's something I know after consulting and coaching dozens of entrepreneurs, creatives, and executives. Every human carries the burden of considerable existential pain. It's the discomfort of existing in the human condition and navigating the labyrinth of largely unwinnable natural and social forces. We all deal with this, and I found the key to unlocking results that flow from a place of deep confidence and tranquility is facing that head-on, acknowledging it, and making peace with the paradox of being human. The leaders that do this feel a massive burden lifted from their shoulders as they proceed into the world, light with the freedom and momentum to make their visions real. You wouldn't imagine the transformation this facilitates. It's like having the ancient wisdom of a Greek philosopher and the business savvy of a successful 21st century entrepreneur in your back pocket. It's a combination like no other to give you a unique and inspiring perspective on the human experience while also guiding you in the strategies and tactics to build the life, business, and professional career you dream of. Learn more at AaronJMarks.com. Now back to the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple other things that I, you know, feel like this illustrates about you. Um, you've been, you know, kind of invested in and sensitive to matters of values and company culture for a long time is what this all shows me. You know, it's like it's always it's always been on your radar in a significant way and, you know, really driven your behavior and your outlook. You know, that's that's one thing I hear. Well, and, and you know, you asked early on about going back in my my life, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell you a brief story. When I was in high school in in Verona, uh, we went to the to the I think it was the JCs to ask them to build outdoor hockey boards for us because we were playing hockey on the same rink where little three year olds were skating with their white ice skates and their little tassels, yeah, and the puck was <laughs> bouncing off their ankles, and uh -huh. nobody enjoyed that. Yeah, so we did. They, they agreed to build the boards, did a great job. And then they gave us the key to the city garage. And we were allowed to drive the tractor that had the broom, those circular brooms on the front, you know, you see on the highway sometimes that sweep the gravel off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we would go and sweep out, sweep off the rink after a snow, Okay. sweep it all off to the outside. Then we'd shovel it over. And then they also gave us... Um, the wrench, a wrench to open up the fire hydrant and fi access the fire hose oh, wow. to, to water the, the rink. Okay. And I think that was probably my first test of, you know, on integrity and character mm -hmm. because we could have done a lot of bad. 
there's yeah. a lot of bad, but yeah. but we chose to do what was right and and, yeah. and do the right thing, and they they trusted us, and and uh, so it's kind of a kind of my initial story into you know in, into values and and those sorts of things and character, like we were talking about this morning, character, trust, integrity. Those yes. Uh, yeah. And trust. Um, yeah. We had a big conversation about trust this morning and uh, trust is the master value. You know, it's like nothing could ever get built or or accomplished if there wasn't trust, you know, on some level in every yeah. interaction, you know, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, and you said, you know, when you had access to those, you know, potentially very destructive things, you know, you, you did the right thing. I think, um, you know, I read this somewhere it's like if people weren't like fundamentally good and had good intentions, you know, the world would never like hold together as well as it does, you know? <laughs> so I think ultimately that is true for the most part, you know? I, um, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think, you know, whatever percentage are are always good people and, and back to the trust thing. Yeah. Everybody comes out, comes at that differently. The way I look at it is I, I 100% trust people until they prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Some people come at it where they don't really trust people until yeah. they prove they should be trusted more. Yeah. And there's not a right or wrong. It's just, it's just kind of how you come at things. But yeah, I agree with you. Trust, trust is the baseline. And ironically enough, it's one of my core values. And I teach a lot of Patrick Lynchoni's stuff. And that's his base for uh, behavior, cohesive behaviors in the workplace is trust. That's his foundational level of the yeah. five different levels that he, that he talks about. Yeah, I don't see how it could be anything else, you know. Um, you said you you trust people until they give you a reason to think otherwise, and then other people, you know, do the inverse. I mean, do you feel like, based on your experience, can you say more people are like one or the other? Um, you know, can you do you have a sense of that? Uh, not no, I guess not really. I'd like to think that everybody is like me and trust people one hundred percent, but I, I don't. Sure. I really don't have a, I really don't have a sense yeah. of, of why that is. I guess, you know, I probably learned it from my parents growing up and how they treated people and, and, and each other, but no, I don't have a good sense on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one other thing I wanted to, to mention, you know, when you were talking about being fired and having to, you know, deliver newspapers, um, you know, uh, and you said it was humbling and, um, uh, you know, that's just, that's one of the things I've, I've noticed about you for a long, I mean, yeah, ever, ever since I, I first met you is, uh, you do have this, you know, this really beautiful humility. Um, and if anyone's watching this and they ever, you know, feel afraid to approach Todd, you don't have to ever be afraid to approach <laughs> Todd, you know, <laughs> like he, he's like the most approachable, warm, genuine person I've ever met. So I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. hundred percent true. Yeah. So, um, you, knew it was time for a transition or you felt it was time for a transition. You know, that's what we said. Uh, and that was, you know, as we record this, it's the middle of September, 2022. And you started to have that sense in 2021, right? Oh, and so you, like, you sort of saw the PCBC through COVID um, in, right. in a significant way, right? And there's probably stories about that. And, you know, we all have COVID stories, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, and I'll leave it up to you whether you want to tell any of them. But uh, yeah, what was it about, you know, what was it that you started to see toward the end of your time at the PCBC that, you know, that gave you this feeling that it was time? When I started down the leadership path and learning more about it, because uh, I really didn't know much about the topic of leadership. I, you know, 
I was never trained in it necessarily up until the point I got involved with the Maxwell team. But, mm-hmm. you know, I always tried to be a follow my role models, right? The good, the good parts of them. But then I came upon, um, you know, this is probably five, six years ago, John Maxwell team. And that's a whole nother story, but mm-hmm. got involved in leadership. And I started doing part-time work in, in leadership at that point, you know, speaking, coaching, teaching, training. Yeah. And then, as you mentioned, in the in kind of in the spring of 2021, I was looking at my calendar and looking at my vacation time, my, my speaking, my leadership calendar, and looking at my vacation time, and they weren't matching very well. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was using my vacation time to do all, or at nights or weekends. So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't matching up very well. And so I realized that I was going to start thinking about what direction I wanted to go. So I talked to uh, our board president and vice president, who I got to know really well, great guys in the community. And uh, we talked through it. And I, I, I initially offered, um, you know, that I would work a reduced amount of time, like 75% time and stay yeah. as executive director. Mm-hmm. And then they could use that salary they didn't pay me and and put it with some other money that we had set aside to hire a membership director, which we needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, I would stay and I, but I'd, and that would give me time. And, and, and understandably, they weren't interested in that, in that arrangement. So yeah. After several, we had probably three or four meetings, the three of us, and and finally we're just like, you know, it was kind of like they said, well, what, where's your passion, Todd? And I said, well, to be honest, my passion's in leadership. And the Porch County Business Council was honestly the probably the one of the well the best job I think I've ever had. Not that I'd had horrible, well, I had four bad experiences. But, <laughs> um, not that I've had you know a lot of horrible ones, but yeah. So it was a tough call and, you yeah. know, the staff there knew well, and, you know, you know, Karen and Deb and everybody else that's oh, yeah. Yeah. And Kayla that's, that's been there. And, and, and also, yeah, so we, we, we were able to put together a really smooth transition plan. Uh, you know, I helped, I helped them establish a timeline. I helped them with interview questions, you know, so it was a very, it was a very, it was as good of a parting away as it could be exactly opposite to some of the other, you know, situations <laughs> I've talked about. So it's kind of nice. My, yeah last corporate job was was had a very good ending to it it was my best my best ending too and then um, mm-hmm. the other gentleman came on we overlapped for about three weeks and then yeah first week of november whatever that friday was the fourth or fifth yeah. was my last day and so it's been about a year since i've since i've done it so it came down to you know you, you hear people talk about a job to a career to a calling mm-hmm. and i think what i'm doing is really my calling and i really i i i you know, there's, there's more that I have left to do and yeah. uh, enjoy doing it very much. Well, you're on a mission, as you say. I'm on a mission to revolutionize company culture and leadership, Aaron, for gosh sakes. <laughs> that's not just a job or a career, right? That's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, that is the language of a calling. And, you know, uh, you know, now it's like, um, whenever I talk to you, you're always off speaking somewhere or, you know, speaking to like a big Zoom conference or, yeah, I'm going to this organization to do a disc training or, you know, I just, you know, I feel like you're, you're very busy with this and, um, you know, and it seems like, seems like this was a, you know, the right move for you. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. And, and, and I would say, I mean, you're, you're in the same situation where, you know, you're, we're, we're both doing a lot of things and our, our ultimate goal for both of us is ultimately, ultimately the same thing. Our ultimate goal is ultimately, that's a redundant. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I hear you. I hear you. Know what, you know what I mean. Right? <laughs> Everybody's yeah. out there. Yeah. Ty doesn't know how to use words very well, but anyway, <laughs> how, how we get people there might be different, but, but that's yeah. our, you know, whether we're dealing with people or, or organizations and yeah, and it's, there's a lot of reward to it too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh yeah. It's, I think it's, uh, 
you know, speaking personally, you know, coaching leaders and, you know, seeing them transform and, uh, you know, get, get better results in their strategy and their, their company culture. I don't think there's anything more rewarding that I've ever done than, than that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one of the things that you, you said a little while ago was like, at one point you didn't have any familiarity with leadership as a topic. I'm wondering if you can, you know, develop that idea a little bit. What, what do you mean by that? And, you know, what are, what are some things related to that? You can, you can study leadership. Yeah. There's uh you know, there's, there's, there's now, I think doctoral programs in, in leadership. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, an academic leadership program. I think leadership has <laughs> to be more experiential, but you still have to have a basis. Mm -hmm. So up until I got involved with, with the Maxwell team, I had done negligible reading. I might've read like Dale Carnegie's book or Stephen Covey's book, you know, but that's, that might be it. Well, since I got involved with leadership as a, you know, as a, as a skill set and something that can be developed and nurtured, I've read more books in the last five years than my entire life times, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I'm looking over to my right here in my bookshelf and it's like, I can't believe I've read all those books. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, I'm, I'm not in college. There were times I didn't read the, you know, textbooks and, you know, yeah. but um, so, yes. Yeah, so, and then, and then studying leaders like Maxwell, like Lynchoni, like Sinek, like Matthew Kelly, like Aaron J. Marks and others that, <laughs> that I, that I studied and, well, um, and being intentional <laughs> about it. Yeah. Not just, and, and then still, absorbing in all the other people that are around us right that are that are leaders and picking out the good parts that i that i that i really like and respect so it, it's it's yeah. a being more intentional about my leadership growth was really a shift and that that happened about again five six years ago yeah and it's like you know we, we talk about this sometimes um and and i feel like this is true of people who you know are any like of the like the coaching consulting marketing spaces it's like you sort of model the service or you model the product yourself you know it's like um you know we leadership trainers like we have to be good leaders ourselves right um <laughs> yeah. marketers have to be good at marketing themselves um i i just i think it's it's funny like the way that whole industry works and i i think um you know one of the things that you and i certainly have in common is that like we're always just kind of on the lookout for, for good leadership and, um, you know, like leadership in our midst and, you know, like we're analyzing it and saying, okay, how is this person an effective leader? You know, like, what are the traits that this person uses? Because, um, you know, we all have different traits and we all have to figure out to be how to be leaders with the traits that we have. And I, I think we also know everyone has leadership potential. So that's a whole bunch of stuff. I'll just leave for you to unpack there. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as you were saying that I was thinking about, um, we also like to pay it forward and that yeah. we will gladly talk to anybody about leadership. So the other day I had lunch with, uh, somebody who just graduated from college a year ago. And they're working up the ladder quickly in their organization, and and they're taking a leadership course that I'm teaching through the uh, Moseley Chamber, and um, just had a great lunch. But and the weird the weird part about it was, you know, she was like sitting there soaking it up, whatever the heck yeah. I was saying. <laughs> yeah, you know, she was soaking it up, and it made me think of times where you know I was the young person 
soaking it up from the person that I was listening to. And it just, it was a really, it was just a great, it was a, um, not comforting, a valuable feeling like, you know, because we're, we're all trying to create that, that legacy and, you know, your goal is always to change the world, but you have to do it one person at a time. And yeah. same thing too, like the the university, the business, the school of business and economics at UW Stevens Point, they have a program, lunch with a leader program, and um, they do a great job with getting their students involved in the community. So mm-hmm. I've had a handful of of lunches with college students, mm-hmm. and just love sitting down and because their enthusiasm and their open mindedness is contagious too, right? And then you know. I can share my experiences like others shared their experiences with me. And hopefully in 20 years, they'll show their, you know, it's that, <laughs> that whole paying forward thing. I know you do, oh, yeah. I know you do more things. Sure. Um, that, yeah. That's such a rewarding part of the job that, that, you know, doesn't reflect in your bottom line, but doesn't matter because you know you're doing good. It's that, it's that give more than you get. Yeah. I, you know, there are different ways of, I think, reading that and, you know, I think some people would say, yeah, it's very much reflected in your bottom line. You know, it's just, you need to, uh, you know, you need to be very creative and visionary in the way that you, you know, you right. see those things going around and coming around. Yeah, but I, I know what you're saying. Um, and it's like, yeah, leadership is one of those things where it's like, well, when you when you really do it, it is constantly paying it forward, you know, like, that's kind of what the definition is, you know, um, like good leaders make other people better leaders, you know, that's right. That's just what it is, you know. So and I, and I, I guess I, I first kind of learned of that through, again, John, the John Maxwell team, where yeah. And the first the first time I heard him speak was at Live to Lead. And he spoke about taking his team, his coaches, like at one of I was one of them, but I didn't go into these countries. And mm-hmm. they would train leaders in those countries to train their leaders. Yeah. And and he got really emotional about it, you know, and, and not a pinch yourself on the arm kind of thing, but but sincerely emotional about it. And I thought that is really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're paying it forward in that way where you're taking your team into another country to help them build leaders who then in turn can build leaders and that that really struck a chord with me yeah i think um you know when it comes down to for me like i think leadership is really saying okay you know i'm like i'm awake i'm conscious here i've inherited things from my ancestors and i'm going to have descendants you know how do i fit into that you know how do i take how do i take the best of my inheritance and turn that into the best of what i bequeath you know so that's what i hear you saying yeah and a lot of times in in uh in family-owned businesses mm-hmm. it does or doesn't happen now i know one particular business in in our community where the sons were actually worked in all different parts of the organization before they before they would move up the the ladder and they'll yeah. eventually be president but they've they've worked you know maintenance they've worked in the line they've worked mm-hmm. you know they've done all the different things and that's that's that that organization that owner father gets leadership yeah you know sometimes people in the family line get the silver spoon thing and once dad leaves, they, they just like change everything and it becomes mm-hmm. a mess and they lose their culture. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's clear. It's not simple uh, or it is simple. It's just not easy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cultures don't just happen, you know? Um, and yeah, you know, to intentionally create one, you really, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, what I hear you saying is like, you really have to 
experience everything that needs to be done. And you know, that, that all that has a place there, but only because you've experienced it, you know? Right. Yeah. You point, you point your, you know, daughter, son, Johnny or Susie to be vice president of something. <laughs> yeah. And they have no idea, you know, they graduate from college. They have no idea how the organization runs. Yeah. It can't be a good thing. Yeah. So, so what are like, what are some kinds of organizations and people that you like working with and what are, what are the things you tend to do with them? I know you have the, it's the, what the five-step roadmap, right? Right. The problem is my avatar is what we've often talked about and that's everyone. (laughs) That Um, is, I think that's a problem for both of us actually. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Last, last night I did some uh, facilitation work for the Merrill school district. They were, they were doing some work around their there were referendum and educating the community. Yeah. Um, I've done a couple uh, leadership academies this week that um, they use uh, strength finders and disc to work with these groups in, uh, in the telecommunication, telecommunication industry. Mm-hmm. I did a training um, on, I guess I would call it on the five, on the four, well, actually I've got the five-step roadmap for mind shift that talks about core values and all that. But I also have a, talent engagement process a cycle i talk about so i i talked about that with uh with a with a bank next week mm-hmm. i'm doing a, a disc some disc work with an organization down in milwaukee i'm teaching an entrepreneurial training class so i'm you know it's kind yeah. of all over the board but it's all you know it all it all boils down to leadership and you know, I'm, I'm honing in on my content, which makes it easier to do more different, you know, to work with education or business community or entrepreneurs so that, that it's not like I have to redo everything every time. I yeah. can usually just tweak it a little bit and, and, and help it fit. Yeah. So one of the things that stands out in my mind from this year was the the keynote that you did. I think it was in March, wasn't it? It might have been May, but yeah, it was early in the year. Early in the year, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think that was through the Portage County Business Council. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I went to, it was our local Holiday Inn, um, you know, one of the huge ballrooms. And I, you know, there were like a hundred, a uh, hundred people who had come from, you know, all sorts of ranks of local business and industry, you know, a room full of leaders and you really commanded the room and, you know, you went through sort of the, the five different parts of your approach. So well, it was, you, yeah, it was it was cool yeah. for a lot of reasons. One was for the yeah. business council. One was local. Yep. Another was they had you know there were a hundred people there. Another was all four of my daughters came, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, another was that from there I got, um, I'll probably get three or four. I've two for sure. I've already done, and there's a possibility for two other uh, opportunities out of that speaking engagement. Well, so it's it's always awesome. nice when you st- can start generating you know, based on the work you do, generate more work for yourself from people that were there. Yeah, that's, no, that's good. That's great to hear. Yeah, which which you've done too. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool, Todd. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed interviewing you today. <laughs> well, this, this was, this was fun. Good. I'm not sweating too bad. All I right. I don't have the bright light beaming down on me like some <laughs> private investigator trying to get me confessed to a crime I didn't commit, but it was, yeah. it was fun. It's, you know, it's always, uh, and it's, it's curious the things that popped into my mind and, and that I shared some things I haven't thought much about. So I appreciate you kind of bringing up, stirring up some of those memories from the past that were, that were helpful for me. 
Well, good. Glad I could stir it up a little bit. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed um, getting to know my my friend and my my co-host here, Tad Kukan. And so you can find more about him at tadkukan.com. Um, let's see. I'm going to take a stab at spelling your last name again. So it's K-U-C-K-A-H-N, right? You're getting great at it, Aaron J. Marks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like the Marx Brothers, but you're not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So good. Lots of practice spelling each other's names. That's so. right. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the this is the Crushing Company Culture podcast, and I'm Aaron, and this I'm is my Todd. friend Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everybody. All right. We'll see you in the next episode. Well, Todd, that was a really fun conversation. It seems like they're all fun, right? We have we try to be serious. We try to, but hey, we got a little fun too. I don't think I've ever not enjoyed a conversation with you, Todd. <laughs> well, I I feel the same way. It always it always makes me. Uh, I was going to say it makes my brain hurt, but I mean in a good way because it makes me think <laughs> differently about stuff. Helps me reaffirm what I do. And I, I think I always learn something new about leadership and, and company culture um, from from talking to you. Yeah, we, we probe we probe in a little bit different ways, but uh, like I always say, we get we get to that that same end result. And our conversations, you know, have been fun all along the way. I don't see I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Well, right. And so people can join us in the next episode and, uh, and, and hear the next one. And, you know, in the meantime, um, we're both available for, for leadership coaching and, and company consulting to, to improve cultures and, and marketing and all, and all that great stuff. So how, how would people get in touch with you, Todd? Well, my, my first name and last name are the key. That's where I am on LinkedIn and Facebook. My, my website is Todd Kukan, T-O-D-D-K-U-C-K-K-A-H-N.com. And love to have a conversation. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to reach out. I mean, you know, Aaron sometimes is sometimes is intimidating, but I'm a pretty calm. <laughs> but yeah, just reach out. Let's have a conversation and figure out if we can, you know, help you out somewhere. Aaron, how do people get a hold of you? So you can find me at Aaron J. Marks on, on LinkedIn, or you can look for Aaron J. Marks, Visionary Purpose Coach and Metaphysical Leadership Mentor on Facebook, or just go to AaronJMarks.com uh, on the internet. Yeah, we're, I, I guess, we're, you know, we're probably not for everybody, but I know we can solve, help people, everybody solve their problem. So yeah, give us a call. What the heck? Give us a shout. We'll chat, see what's going on. That's right. You know, and no one is right for everyone, um, but everyone's right for someone. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Trademark that. We'll uh, look forward to seeing you on the next, or seeing you. I get to see you. We're we'll <laughs> talking with all our listeners out there on the next show. All right. And this has been the, the Crushing Company Culture Podcast. My name is Aaron J. Marks. Todd Kukan. All right. Well, I, I really enjoyed this conversation um, in, in this episode of Crushing Company Culture. And we'll see you on the next episode. And we'll have another really fun and illuminating conversation. Take care, everybody. <laughs>